Good morning. Welcome to First Baptist Church in lovely Norwich, New York. Having a, uh, you know, uh, the Norwich kids, my daughters, for spring break, got um, sunshine. And I got weather like this. Now we get a little vacation here for a little long weekend for Memorial Day. And now we all have to suffer through the wet weather. But that's all right. We'll enjoy the time off, nevertheless. Does anybody have any announcements for us this morning? Karen? So yet we got the uh, we have little uh, church directory booklets that have uh, pictures with names um, that are available. A suggested donation was ten dollars for those, and um, if you got one already, there's an there's an addition, there's an additional um, page or, or or whatnot that needs to um, they need to get from Karen. Anything else? All right, hearing no other announcements, let's move into our musical chorus this morning, which is, We Will Glorify. First hymn this morning is O oh, for a Thousand Tongues to Sing. seated. Let us join together now in the call to worship, which is based on Psalm 4, verses 3 through 8. You can find it in your bulletin and on the screen. But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts on your beds and be silent. Offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. There are many who say, 
who will show us some good. Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Okay, now let's read the invocation together. Again, found in the bulletin, also on the screen. Heavenly Father, we we gather gather to affirm affirm our dependence dependence on you. We thank you for all that are benefits and reflect on your goodness. Like Saul of Tarsus, we have become new persons in Christ. We are now called as Paul the Apostle was, and may our hearts be aflame with your love, care, and forgiveness. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come fill our hearts and fill the atmosphere. Your Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to to overcome overcome in your presence, Lord. There is nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare. You are living hope. Your presence, Lord Jesus Christ, is important to us. I have tasted and seen the sweetness of love. When my heart becomes free, and my shame is undone. Your presence, Lord, is important to us. In Christ Jesus. Amen. I would like to take this time now to invite um, Sharon Veasley, uh, if she could come forward. She is the representative from the place, and she'd like to share with you some of their ongoing work. all for having me in today. Um, It's quite an honor um, for me to be back here at the place, or at the place, from the place, but back to where the place started so many years ago. Um, I am thinking about what I wanted to share with you the most. Um, uh, I wanted to give you kind of a synopsis of where our programs currently are and where we're going. Um, Obviously, the pandemic has... uh, changed our direction a little bit. Um, We needed to be pretty versatile um, to meet the needs of our community and uh, still providing services. Um, So to keep on track, I had to write some things down. So forgive me if it sounds a little dry. Um, Just about 38 years ago, there was a group of teens who spent their time out on the green in front of the courthouse. Um, With many city residents up in arms about the number of teens um, and the time of the amount of time they spent there, Reverend Scott Cavanaugh, who was the pastor here so many years ago, decided to take the bull by the horns and solve that problem. Reverend Cavanaugh um, invited the youth in downstairs, gave them some shade on a hot summer day, something to eat, and something cool to drink. 
the youth began to return on a regular basis and spend time here at the church in one of the rooms downstairs. They would talk, play games, and usually again able to get something to eat and drink. And so I'm told that was the beginning of the place. How it got that name, I'm not really sure. Maybe it was because the, the teen's parents didn't believe that they were going to church seven days a week. Um, so they would say, um, we're going to the place. I'm not really sure the story behind that, but it makes a good tale. Currently, the place offers programs that it continues to engage our community's youth, um, and the age range is five years to 20 years. The programs include the Kids Program, Shenango Youth Philanthropy Council, Summer Youth Employment Program, our Teen Program, and we also offer parenting and resiliency classes for at-risk youth and their families, and there's more, we offer a clothing closet as well. The Kids Program is a school-age child care program which operates before and after school, vacation care, and summer care components. Currently, we have 42 youth enrolled in that program, and we're hopeful this summer we'll return somewhat back to normal and we'll increase those numbers and be able to provide free field trips for enrolled youth. The summer program is a full-day program. Years ago, we began implementing an enrichment curriculum in that, school, in that kids program. The curriculum Too Good for Violence is an evidence-based curriculum which focuses on conflict resolution and communication building, two much-needed skills for today's youth. Shenango Youth Philanthropy Council is a student-driven program which has been with the place since 2015. Currently, students from Norwich High School, Sherburne Earlville, and Unadilla Valley are enrolled in the council. Over the course of the school year, students learn about nonprofit organizations, fundraising, community outreach, and provide an RFP for nonprofits in the county. The students evaluate the grant proposals that are submitted and award funds to the most successful proposal. Since 2015, that student-driven council has awarded over $40,000 to Shenango County nonprofits in, to improve services in the community. This year, again, we were fortunate to be awarded to facilitate summer youth employment um, programming in the county. We'll be providing work experiences and job-related trainings, including a financial literacy component to 60 Shenango County youth ages 14 to 20. Youth will work at various host sites throughout the county, earning their own paycheck. And at the end of the program, students will participate in mock interviews and provide presentations on their work experience. We're continuing to look for host sites and townships that are on the fringes of the county to offer youth in those regions work and something uh, constructive to do as well. The place has maintained its anchor program, the teen program, which started in these walls, although it's changed slightly in order to continue to meet the needs and interests of our community's youth. Most recently, we found a great interest in the photography classes that we've offered for teens, that it's been free of charge, and we've held, uh, offered them on multiple occasions, and they continue to be well-received. We also have incorporated this year a storykeeper program where high school youth um, learn interviewing skills, develop open-ended questions, and go into our communities interviewing our senior citizens um, and documenting their stories. Um, 
Let's see. So um, some recently added services um, in addition to what we've already provided. I talked a little bit about the parenting classes. We have two components of those. The Parent Project and Loving Solutions are two parenting classes that we provide to families in the county who are raising children with challenging behaviors. These classes run for 10 weeks and offer parents not only strategies to use with their children, but a support system that develops over time as well. We also provide a series of resiliency classes for at-risk youth. Why Try runs for 10 weeks and provides youth with methods to work through dif difficult situations, make better choices, and provide a positive support system so they know who they can turn to in their communities and school when they need help the most. Our clothing closet is, is available to community members who need clothing when they are preparing to work uh, re-enter the workforce. We have also assisted individuals who have uh, just recently been released from jail um, and have nothing but the clothes on their back families who have had house fires, and some families um, who have needed help um, because their clothing was taken out of the dryers at the local laundromats. In some cases, when people need an item that we don't have, have on hand, we have some funding available to purchase those special order items. One story I wanted to share with you um, that uh, made December pretty meaningful for us is um, there was one community member who came to our doors during a snowstorm. She was wearing flip-flops um, in, in need of a pair of appropriate shoes during a winter storm. She couldn't find, um, because her, her feet were so big, it was hard for her to find appropriate fitting shoes. So we pulled some spring, strings and got um, a pair of shoes for her. When she came back to pick the shoes up, she put the shoes on with new socks, and that community member left our building with tears going, uh, falling down her cheeks because her feet would be warm during the winter months. That gave Christmas uh, a whole in the, um, the gift of giving uh, true meaning to us at the place during such a trying time. The place was um, able to continue to provide services for youth and families during the pandemic. The staff of the place worked hard to ensure we were able to continue to provide services during a time when services were most needed by families. We extended our kids program to operate full day programming and assisted <clears throat> school age youth with virtual learning. The parent ed classes that I spoke extensively with you about um, were changed from a traditional classroom to a virtual setting before that was even the thing to do. In February, we received special funding from the United Way and also Shenango Foundation to develop monthly activity kits for Shenango County families. Each month, registered families receive four to five activities in a bag with all the materials that they would need to work through the activities together. We developed these kits to ensure children who were at home had constructive things to do and parents could perhaps take the time and do that with them. This all sounds like an enormous undertaking and it is, I, and I certainly don't do it alone. The dedicated staff at the place is devoted to empowering children and families as, it are, as is our board of directors. 
Together with the generous support of our community, we continue to follow our organization's mission to provide programs and support youth and families, helping them realize their full potential <clears throat> as they become responsible, contributing members of society. Thank you allowing, for allowing me to share time with you today to continue to support the vision of the place and believing in our mission. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Sharon. That was excellent. Um, especially for newcomers like my husband and I who didn't know that not much about the exact services that the place provided, and it just sounds wonderful. <clears throat> Is now our time for joys and concerns, and I have my little helpers. <laughs> Is there any specific concerns? It was a real joy this morning to meet two individuals that were admiring our First Baptist Church and the windows. And so we took a tour, and uh, it just was a, a beautiful gift. God intervened in so many different ways through that visit. And uh, I just want the church to know this church has always been a light, and it was today. And um, it was a beautiful morning. I thank God for it and uh, this church. And uh, they really were very happy and blessed and um, possibly feel they have a person of interest in their family past that is connected. And uh, they were very very excited about being in this place. So this is a, a former active family that came to... And you invited them in to see. Okay. That's great. Uh, special joy today, and maybe we could sing "Happy Birthday" to my wife. I won't. I won't divulge how old she is. And Carolyn. Carolyn Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday Cindy and Carolyn, happy birthday to you.
just want to say thank you to everybody who helped Harold and I celebrate our 50th anniversary. It was just a wonderful, wonderful day. Nice and quiet, though we played some Scrabble, so, and I won't say who won most of the games, but anyway, you, you can choose. <laughs> and also for my birthday, the wonderful cards and all the greetings that were throughout that, those two days. We appreciate that. Also, concerns for Frank and Trudy Gray as they continue in their struggles with health. Also, for another uh, young lady, Minor was the, is the last name. I'm not sure what the medical issues are. I'd ask for prayer for a Jean, a family member that um, needs prayer, uh, her and her family. This past week, uh, my wife and I were at our son's graduation from the Air Force Base uh, Medical Program in Mississippi, and we just got back yesterday. But um, I did want to thank uh, the vets, uh, those that are presently serving, uh, like our son. Uh, you may have family members who are serving, uh, but I would like the, the vet, any veterans who uh, are present with us today to stand. Any? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's give him a hand. And God bless you and thank you for your service uh, to God and country. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just come before you with uh, repentant hearts, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But you have redeemed us through belief in your Son, Jesus Christ, and we are joyful and glad. We thank you that your Son has come to earth and has lived among us and has returned to sit beside the Father in heaven so that he might advocate for us. Heavenly Father, we just um, have a lot of concerns this morning, Lord, and we just continue to lift up, uh, um, yes, the people who serve this country just here and also abroad. We thank you for um, uh, the veterans and their service to this country. We thank you, too, Lord, for um, the innumerable charities, especially in this community, and we ask for your special blessing upon the place and the heritage um, that it has in this community. And we just pray that uh, you continue to strengthen it as it reaches out 
to families and young people in need. We continue to pray for um, Frank Gray, Lord. We ask that you uh, continue to bless his healing and be with the Grays um, in their time of need. We ask that you continue to be with um, this young woman who has health concerns. Lord, there are many concerns that we have that are sometimes hard to articulate. And we just pray that um, your Holy Spirit uh, will be an advocate for those people in need, those people that are suffering from health, um, illness or injury, health concerns. But we also, Lord, bless you for um, the many birthdays and anniversaries that are among us, Lord, and that you continue to uphold us. We thank you, Lord, for the um, somewhat delayed spring we're having. <laughs> and we just thank you for the wonderful newness of life that is around us. We ask these things in Christ Jesus' name, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Hymn now is hymn number, uh, I'd Rather Have Jesus. crowds he went up on the mountain and when he sat down his disciples came to him and he opened his mouth and taught them saying blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, 
for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, this text with the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes um, is uh, one of my favorites and probably is a favorite of many of you. Uh, this is a, as we talk about the Beatitudes, um, you'll see uh, from the scripture this morning, well, we're going to learn it, number one. So nobody's off the hook here. I'm going to ask you uh, to repeat it after me. We're going to learn them one at a time, and so next Sunday we'll learn another one. Uh, then the following Sunday we're going to have Children's Sunday, and then, uh, then we'll pick it up again and we'll learn a third one, and then the fourth, and we'll go right on through the Beatitudes. And so by the culmination uh, of this series, uh, you should be able to uh, not only quote uh, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, uh, but you should also be able to meditate on these words. And uh, by meditating on these words, uh, the goal here with the Beatitudes is not simply to learn them. Uh, the goal is to be them. The goal is to be the Beatitudes. The goal is to have an attitude of being Christ-like. Um, each of us, uh, in some way, wherever you are in your journey with the Lord Jesus Christ, we're all at some stage, wherever that might be. And uh, you will find, just as my wife was sharing this morning with the latter illustration, that the Beatitudes uh, are represented as a spiritual ladder. And as you start at that first rung, you have to take a ladder uh, one step at a time. And in order to do that, that first step, as Jesus uh, reminds us here uh, in the scriptures that we're sharing uh, with the Sermon on the Mount, that first step, uh, as it says uh, in the, your bulletin this morning with the scripture, it says, uh, Blessed, verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So, uh, let's practice that one, shall we? We're going to say that together, all right? Uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let's do that again. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, is there anybody who thinks that that's just too much to learn, too much to memorize? Okay, you're not off the hook then, all right? I'm going to question you. I'm, next week, all right, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask someone uh, to repeat uh, the verse 3 of chapter 5 uh, next week. So you've all got homework, all right? You've already practiced it. 
but you better come prepared next week because I'm going to ask someone uh, to share with us verse 3 of chapter 5. Now, uh, as we get into the uh, Sermon on the Mount here and this particular verse, we're going to take them one at a time. We're not going to rush through this uh, because we're going to try to not only uh, learn uh, this portion of the Sermon on the Mount, but we're also going to uh, see what it is that Jesus is communicating to us by this, uh, these otherworldly expressions uh, of uh, coming from the lips of Jesus Christ himself. There's no question about, as we go through these, as, as you, even as you look at them, and it says there, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. This is, this is upside down um, wisdom. We don't expect uh, that the poor are going to receive the kingdom. We don't expect uh, those who are mourning to really be comforted in a major way. We don't expect the meek uh, to inherit the earth. This is all wisdom that comes from Jesus' lips. This is otherworldly wisdom. This is something that is coming to us uh, from Jesus Christ himself, who is sharing with us, with you and I, there's the wisdom of the world, and there's, there's the wisdom from, uh, my, from my home. Jesus is telling us, this is what it's like in heaven. I'm going to impart to you something of what it's like into heaven so that by knowing me and in your relationship with me, you may become more like my Father in heaven. And so he's giving us these instructions. It's interesting that when Moses was on the mountaintop, he told everyone, uh, stay away from the mountaintop. You can't come near the mountain. But now here we see Jesus. Jesus is sharing with us, draw near to me. I want you to come up the mountain because you're going to learn something about my Father in heaven that you need to know. And so as we see here and as we look at the scripture this morning, he's asking you, he's asking me, hey, draw near to me. He asks his disciples, as it says here in the scripture, he says, seeing the crowds, he went up the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. So the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, are for you and for me. They're for everyone who lifts up the name of Jesus Christ and proclaims him as his own. So if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, these are the words. I tell you, when I look at these Beatitudes and I think about how am I ever going to live out the Beatitudes? And I have to tell you, I come up short every time. There's, there's no way that you and I can become Christ-like in this fashion. There's no other way that you and I can live out the Beatitudes without uh, the Holy Spirit working in your heart and in my heart and showing us the way. We can't do the Beatitudes on our own. I can't do them. You can't do them. We have to have God's help uh, through the Holy Spirit uh, to do any of these Beatitudes, 
to be Christ-like. And, and so as we go through these, uh, that first one where it says in verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, notice that each and every one of the, the Beatitudes, uh, starting with verse 3, starts with the word blessed. Uh, some of the translations, uh, uh, more common translations would say, uh, happy are the poor in spirit. But we have to get out of this mentality of the happy mode because happiness really, for me, happiness is, depends on my circumstances. I'm happy when things are going well. Uh, I'm happy when uh, things are going my way. And uh, when they're not, guess what? I'm not happy, <laughs> okay? And it's probably the same with you, way with you, too. So we're talking about something much deeper here than happiness. We're talking about something that only occurs uh, when there's an inner transformation in your heart, in your life, that there's an anchor in your soul. There's a place that you can go that Jesus that you know in your heart and in your soul and in your inner being that Jesus has touched that place and that is what makes you happy. That gives you a sense of blessedness and it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. You may be going through a rough time right now. It may be a health crisis. It may be a job crisis, a relational crisis, whatever it is. But if you're walking through that crisis with Jesus Christ, if there's something that has occurred in your life where you know in that deep place that Jesus is with you, that I'm not walking through this alone because the Holy Spirit is with me and we're walking through this together. And that is a sense of blessedness that Jesus is talking about here. It doesn't depend on your circumstances. What it depends on is your relationship with Jesus Christ. And so as we go through these, that first one, blessed are the poor in spirit, notice he doesn't say blessed are the poor. He says blessed are the poor in spirit. Poor in spirit. I think the, the best example of that I can share with you uh, is from Luke 18, um, and we'll find somebody in Luke 18 who is poor in spirit. So I'm going to share this scripture w with you, and you'll see a contrast here between somebody who is poor in spirit and somebody who is rich in themselves. Jesus contrasts this between somebody who is rich in themselves and someone who is poor in spirit. We'll find that in Luke 18. I'm going to share this scripture with you. And it goes as follows. This is called the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. It uh, starts in verse 9 of Luke 18. Uh, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down at everybody else, uh, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. 
The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get. Verse 13, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus goes on and he says, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So we get a clear picture here in Scripture between the religious person who had pride in himself and distinguished himself from everyone else uh, because of how great a person he was. uh, And he was not like everybody else, those other people uh, who we tend to look down our noses on, as, as it's described in this text, uh, those who are the robbers, the evildoers, the adulterers, or even that other person, the tax collector. Uh, notice how he lifts himself up by putting other people down. And, and Jesus is telling us just the opposite here. He's saying the only way, the only way that you can be poor in spirit is by simply admitting admitting how great a sinner you are before me, before Jesus Christ, before a holy God. That is exactly what being poor in the Spirit is is all about. You know, there was a time in my own personal life uh, when I had to uh, reckon with God. Uh, I was uh, pretty much, uh, I was in college at the time, and uh, I had graduated. I had even taught high school for a couple years. And I realized that I was at a point in my life that I was looking for something, and you know, I didn't even know what it was. There had to be more to life than what I was experiencing. I had tried just about everything there was out there on the spiritual smorgasbord. I had tried, um, uh, they called it transcendental meditation, okay? I uh, I tried that in college. I tried uh, some of the Eastern religions, um, I tell you, and I found them unsatisfying, okay? Uh, But I I was a seeker. I was a seeker. But they were unsatisfying. I was still walking around with a hole in my heart that none of these Eastern religions were able to fill. And so I kept looking. And so I took some time off. I did some traveling abroad. And it was interesting that I was, as I was traveling abroad in Scotland, I experienced, I did not know God in a personal way at this time. And I didn't even know it was possible. But I was seeking and I was searching. And God revealed himself to me in Scotland in a dramatic fashion. And sometime I'll go into that, uh, but not today. But he revealed himself to me in a dramatic fashion 
And I realized at that point, uh, well, I'll describe it in some very uh, brief way. What happened is I was at the top of this mountain, and there was some activity in this grass, and uh, I realized uh, that I had a, I had a turning point. I was either going to go explore what was going on in this tall grass, or I was just going to walk on and let whatever was going on in the tall grass happen. And at that very point, what I later learned was God, uh, or the Holy Spirit, God overwhelmed me to such a point that I fell on my knees and I, and I started crying like a baby. So here I am at the top of this, I was all alone, I was crying, um, tears were flowing from my eyes, on my knees, and there was just all, all this crap, if I may say that, going on in my life that just, that God intervened and just said, listen, just give it to me. And so I just unloaded myself at the top of this hill, and um, God met me there. And it's a very special and tender and beautiful moment that, that uh, I'll never forget. But it was at that point that I knew that, are you kidding me? The God of the universe gives a hoot about me? I tell you, I still can't get over that. That the God of the universe cares about you by name. And he's going to seek you out, and he will find you, and he won't give up on you until he does. That's the kind of God that is revealed to us in Jesus Christ. Plain and simple. And it doesn't get any better than that because he loves you that much. And he will not give up on you no matter how much you've given up on him, no matter how many times you've turned your back on him, he still will seek you out and find you. And he did that because I was the lost sheep and he found me. And that's exactly what was in the grass that was thrashing around. It was a lost sheep that had fallen on its side. It had maggots. It had been on its side so long. It had maggots. Its flesh was all, it was like raw hamburger on its side. It couldn't get up. It was called a cash sheep. I ended up putting it on my shoulders and taking it down this hill to some of the crofters that were there on this Scottish island, this remote Scottish island. But I realized at that moment that I was the lost sheep and that God was looking for me. And he wasn't going to give up till he found me. And I put that out to you this morning because if you're poor in spirit and if you're looking for him, he's here for you today. He's here for you right now. And he's saying, I know who you are. And I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to let go of you until you simply do what the tax collector did. Say, I, I, I'm a sinner before a holy God, and, and I need you. And if, there, if this is your lot today, if you're looking for God, I'm, I'm going to simply ask you to just, let's all close our eyes right now. Anybody here this morning who knows that this is God knocking on your heart, knocking on the door of your heart? Anyone here this morning? 
I see your hand. Anybody else? Anybody else who just would like to say, yeah, I'm tired of running from you, Lord. I just, I just want to turn my life over to you. And I don't care. I don't care who's looking. I'm looking, not looking for man's approval. I'm looking for God's approval. I simply need God in my life. And I don't want to go another day without you. Anybody else? I see your hand. Anybody else? And it's much more important that God sees your hand. The important thing today is that God sees your hand this morning. Anyone else this morning? Okay, let's, um, uh, let's repeat a prayer, a prayer after me, if we would, please. We're all going to say this together. Uh, Father God, uh, thank you for looking for me. Thank you for calling me by name. Thank you for not giving up on me. I confess to you that I am a sinner. Before you, a holy God. And I desperately need Jesus Christ in my life. Uh, baptize me now with your Holy Spirit that I may go on in your strength and not my own. I need you, Jesus, and I desire to live for you from this day forward and forevermore. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's sing about uh, the peace that is ours in Jesus Christ. If we could stand and sing the final hymn. And if... school.